1: Well, as the party gets into full swing at Brands Hatch for the BSB celebrations of 2021, here in the commentary box following Argentina World Superbikes are Greg Haynes, that's me, and James Tozens, that's you, for Monday the 18th of October 2021. It's the Full Throttle Podcast. And what a weekend we've had. Let's start first of all very quickly on how we feel at this moment after that second race for world superbikes. Unbelievable stuff.
3: Can I get confirmation, Greg? You are Partridge's son, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I'm Come Alan on.
1: Partridge. There needs to be a DNA test to be done here.
3: <laughs> I need to know, we need to let Alan know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to talk about Alan. Um yeah okay fine it's only because I mentioned Jack and Vera Duckworth on yes. the telly today isn't it
3: uh, how you shoehorn Jack and Vera into a world supersport <laughs> championship winning performance <laughs> I'm not quite sure but I'm Just sure in case that I get sacked
1: of... this is my last podcast it was lovely working well with you.
3: you know the, you'd got salt and pepper fish and chips and <laughs> you know what you'd got quite a few other variations Ken and, Ken and Deirdre hey you going Coronation <laughs> Street fan by any chance <laughs> yeah I was really oh, impressed dear. by that I think that's been the best performance uh, the, the, the whole weekend here in argentina is you shoe on in uh, jack and Vera into uh, into commentary and, <laughs>
1: in the world it superbike. wasn't pre-planned i don't really know where it came from but that's the uh, the great thing about live television isn't it where do we start i mean first of all let's say because we've had a significant championship won this weekend in racing in general Taran mckenzie is the 2021 bennett's british superbike champion well done taron well done steve rogers everyone at mccams yamaha chris anderson the crew chief I have to feel so sorry for Jason O'Halloran after the season he's put together. But the showdown is the showdown. And, uh, well, it's done exactly what MSVR like it to do, hasn't it? It's spiced it up. And uh, what a finale we had.
3: Yeah, not to just go to to lose first with Jason O'Halloran, but to go finish third. I mean, you just wouldn't have, you wouldn't have put anything on that, would you? With, before the uh, the showdown started, what was he, nearly 100 points or about 100 points in the lead of the championship? It was, uh,
1: it was over. I can't quite remember the figure now, but it was over 100 points, yeah.
3: In a normal championship with, well, not normal for, <laughs> in World Supermarkets? Nothing's normal it stands, in life no, these days, is it? He uh, would have been crowned champion again yeah. with his performance that he is, but, you know, it is what it is. And that's taking nothing away at all from Taron McKenzie. 25 years ago, his dad was whizzing around on a Cadbury's booster, at Yamaha YZF. <laughs> and I was at the track side as a teenager for the first time thinking, oh my God, I want to do this. And now McKenzie was my, one of my first heroes. Watching- really,
1: so, so Neil McKenzie was, you could almost say, your inspiration.
3: Absolutely. Him and Wittem and Hislop, mm. um, and Michael Rutter. Uh, Ian Simpson, uh, you know the, the list goes on. Jim Moody, Um, it was uh, it was a, a fantastic era of of British superbike racing, and now Mackenzie, you know, three times British superbike champion, Grand Prix star as well. Let's not forget, I think he was finishing in the top six, top five of Grand Prix five hundred racing as yeah, well. So yeah. in the
1: eighties, I mean, 80s. a super competitive era. Yeah, phenomenal. And and,
3: and twenty one years ago, one of my biggest achievements in a particular race was Alton Park 2000 and I was on a Vimto Honda SP1 and I managed to beat Nile Mackenzie around Alton Park and he was on the GSE Ducati, he was teammates to Neil Hodgson. And I remember after the race, because uh, I remember being a teenager looking at Nile McKenzie and being, you know, in, in awe, because um, he was a legend, you know, three championships on the trot. On the yeah, bounce. He yeah, was yeah. the man. Um, and I remember after that race in 2000 for me, I was I was so, so chuffed and proud that I'd actually got the better of such a legend um, and uh, uh, is an ambassador. And what he's gone through with his lads, you know, Taron... And Taylor as well. is just retired as well. And I want to wish Taylor all the very best with his future because it's not easy going from being a racer to going into normal life. Um, but he's a, a good kid, and I'm sure he's got a bright future ahead of him. But yeah, today it is all about Taron, though, isn't it? You know, to win his first British Superbike Championship and how much the MacKenzies have put into it, how much money, dedication, commitment, all the rest of it, that you have to be to be the best in the UK at British Superbike level. Um, it's not a small feat. And congratulations to all of them.
1: Well, we've got an absolutely packed podcast today. Plenty of interviews, insight here from JT as well. We're going to be hearing from Jonathan Ray, Topic Razgazioğlu, Scott Redding, Dominic Agata, the new Supersport World Champion, and uh, almost the whole McKenzie family at Brands Hatch as well. First of all, though, let's hear from Taz McKenzie, the 2021 Bennett's British Superbike Champion. And what better man to interview Taz straight after the race and the six-time champion himself, Shane Shakyburn, live on Eurosport.
4: Yeah, I'm lucky enough to be down here with Taz. Taz, that's a rival I say. I mean, you just win something? For, uh,
5: You've got a few of these, I think, haven't you, <laughs> Steve Clifford. Um, it's always good getting something free out of Steve Clifford, so, uh, yeah, Tammy championship's even better, but honestly, I don't know what to say. I was in two minds the whole race. Wit made me nervous on the grid because I just had in my head I was going to win, and he said, oh, have you thought about this? And I thought, all I've thought about is winning this race nothing else. When Tommy was in front, I could see he was using his tyre. He kind of took off at the start and I was just happy biding my time. And then um, I decided I was going to try and pass him because it started raining. And I didn't want the red flag to come out and me not be leading. But I wasn't setting that fast of a pace. I was kind of making a few mistakes Then at that massive moment out of Sterling's <laughs> And Tommy, didn't even come by at that point. He came by a couple of laps later, I think. because
1: he was in the back of your bike.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And and then I was thinking, right, Witt says, take the points. If I crash now, Tommy's riding strong at the moment. It might be hard to go and try and beat him in the next one. And um, and then I kept telling myself, just be as close as possible. If he makes a mistake, I'm there and I'm going to capitalise on it. And, um, And yeah, into that last corner, he went tight. I went wide. As I turned in, I pushed the front, opening the throttle. I felt like I was driving into him, but yeah, managed to just get it underneath him and 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 get the win. So honestly, I've got so many people to thank. I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt to, but yeah, can't believe it. you can do that
0: after race three. Later (laughs) on, that was a fantastic job. Great race, guys. Well done, mate. Well
1: done. Absolutely superb, and a treble as well. What a way uh, to win it, James. I mean, we've seen some uh, trebles at Brands before for Shaky, for Josh Brooks, of course. But what a way to win the championship. We'll come back to the BSB paddock in a moment. Uh, let's go to Supersport first of all World Supersport that is and we have a new world champion there we'll hear from Dominic Agata in a second Ten Carter, back on top Steven Odendahl pushed him this year but I think the right man won after the season he's had considering he missed two races at Barcelona as well yeah he did
3: with the Moto E championship he's so very close got to winning two world championships in one year and that's not been done for, for decades has it you know when you had the 250s and 350s and 500s or, yeah, all, racing, yeah, all, all racing uh, in, in the one event kind of thing and um, yeah the 100 kilogram difference from a Moto E bike to an R and a super sport bike to, to transfer your style and working for different teams different nationalities as well I'm sure the the, the Dutch of the 10 carter team I, I'm, I'm not sure it'd be uh, there's a lot of Spanish and Italian speaking teams in that Moto E Championship. So, to go from relaying feedback on a 100 kilogram bike that's heavier th- th- than, than the Super Sport, like I say, to an Italian or a Spanish right, uh, uh, guy or, or, or lady, to the Dutch guy, you know, Chris, he's, he's chief engineer in Tankardia to go from that and still be competitive all the way through the two seasons was phenomenal and i'm so pleased he he, he didn't he missed out on the motoe championship didn't he with his... is 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 the um and what was we say, enthusiastic uh, efforts of... That's one <laughs> way of putting it. <laughs> Desperate lunge. Uh, yes. i Torres. <laughs> but uh, I'm so chuffed for him that he has been crowned a world champion because uh, to get the chance of being a double world champion in one year and not to win either of them, uh, a bit like we've seen Jason Hall- O'Halloran in British Superbikes, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it would have been devastating that he didn't win uh, at least one of them and he did. So, fantastic result for him.
1: Yeah, let's listen. in. then uh, the Dorner guys were very busy, as they always are, so efficient with the interviews at the end of the race this afternoon. And I'm sure as we record this out in the paddock, there's a hell of a party going on. And right into the night, we are in, uh, of course, Argentina, the Cuyo region for the uh, San Juan circuit. So, uh, yeah, it's famous for its red wine. And I'm sure there's going to be beer, red wine, and who knows what else consumed later tonight. But this was Dominic Agata just a few minutes after the race.
5: Dominik, I third position for you today and you are the 2021 World Sport Champion. Congratulations.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it's fantastic to finish the season in... Uh, uh, yeah, the season is not finished, <laughs> but uh, we, <laughs> we uh, finish um, already now with the World Champion. Oh, I don't know what to say. I'm uh, uh, a little bit out of words, but... Uh, yeah, it's nice to to be on the podium and uh, to be world champion, and just to say a big thanks to to all the 10k team. They make a fantastic job today. The bike was better than yesterday. We was a little bit lucky uh, on the first corner. I hope uh, the other two riders are okay who crashed it. And uh, yeah, uh, we had a fantastic season. We had uh, over 10 wins, many podiums. And yeah, it's just an amazing season. And my rookie season finish uh, first is uh, very nice. And yeah, I um, want to say thanks to all my uh, sponsors, like XRI, Daytona, Lansan Liga, Straubhaar and uh, all the others. Uh, they helped me to be here, and uh, I hope tonight I can celebrate with some Argentina fans and with my team, and uh, for sure we will have a big party tonight with some espresso. <laughs> Congratulations.
1: <laughs> 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 He's such a popular guy. How much is it going to mean, James, to the 10-carter team as well, to Gerrit and, and uh, Ronald and Kevin Boss? You know them so well, of course. Mm. They're back on top in World Supersport after seven years of not winning. You know, they had to split with Honda, the loss of Nicky Hayden. They had to halve the team. The future is so uncertain. They've, they're back and they're world champions again. It must be quite possibly the most special one so far.
3: The World Supersport Championship to Tenkate Racing is their baby. It's their bread and butter. It's what they started out with. It's where they, they cut their cloth in, in professional motorcycle racing at world championship level. And uh, it's sensational, like I said before. Um, it's uh, ten championships now that they've won in World Super Sports with Dominic Agata. We listed the, the, the names of riders from Christopher Mulan to Fabian Foray to Sofoglu to Da um, Pentier Muggeridge, Muggeridge,
1: Muggeridge Vermulen
3: Vermulon. Yeah, so ten, Sifoglu, Did you say Sofoglu? I did say. Yeah, uh, I think we've got uh, so, them all. Uh, so it's you know to win ten World Championships obviously means. For ten years, you know, you've been the best in the world. So to be that consistently good showcases just how good the team is.
1: And, and to have not won for seven years, you know, yeah. they they must have thought at one point, are we ever going to win one again? I mean, and
3: I think it is it not only ten world championships for tenkarte,
1: yeah, with
3: eight different riders, right? Correct or seven? Uh, at least? Seven, I think, isn't
1: seven. it? Because won two, Charpentier yeah. won two. Um, and obviously it's 11 in total with your superbike title in 2007. So yeah. What's that? It's eight, it's, eight. It's eight different riders, isn't it? There's a common denominator on success. Yeah. Yeah. And they've done it with not just Honda, but, Yamaha now as well again it's a common denominator of success yeah, yeah. it ain't the riders it
3: ain't the team <laughs> uh, it ain't the riders it ain't the manufacturer it's the team yeah. and uh, um, of I mean, course they're top
1: engine tuners as well aren't they James oh, for, for road bikes I mean the whole of that Benelux region they are the people the go-to people aren't they 10 carter
3: well they started tuner. my career you know, my Mick Corrigan, uh, nineteen ninety-seven, when I rode the uh, the six hundred there with the CB five hundred, underneath my Mick Corrigan uh, fairing uh, was a ten-carter engine, I believe, and uh, that's what that uh, I was kind of propelled my national championship. My that,
1: that's so nice, isn't it? Sorry to button like that. It started with a ten-carter engine. engine for you. How yep. old were you then? Sixteen. Sixteen, and you ended up becoming a world superbike at champion. 26,
3: 10 years yeah. old. Well, with ten-carter. 10, yeah, ten that's years. That's incredible. On. Yeah. So it's I've got a lot of history with them and I, and I couldn't be more proud of Ronald and Garrett and Kevin and everybody else that to, to, that's uh, that's working for them um they are completely dedicated to to that to what they do um and yeah 10 world championships with super sport and one super bike and um uh, yeah to, to to feel that i am the only one that to have given them the Superbike title you know chris got close in 2004 obviously when i was battling with him with the Fila Ducati, but um it's um it's it's a beautiful thing. I feel I I feel very very priv- privileged that I, I I was I gave them those emotions, because winning the Super Sport Championships one thing it is their baby kind of thing, but to win the Superbike, is is always the elite, isn't it? You know, and I remember what the party was like on Sunday night. And I'm sure that Dominique Agata and, 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 and everybody is celebrating just as hard. And I feel very jealous. I mean, of all the of places being for... invited,
1: <laughs> <laughs> of all the places for Agata and for 10 Carter as a combination, massive party animals as a team and a rider of all the places to win it. Argentina, yeah, You know, and, and with the COVID know, restrictions pretty much calmed down now, which I'm just laughing because we're, <laughs> we're watching our screens in the commentary box and Matt Roberts has just finished his highlights links. It's been a really long weekend for the whole crew over at uh, Brands Hatch, of course, which is where the show has been coming out of this weekend. He's just finished his highlights links and he's doing a bit of a dance on the screen. Everyone works very hard at Eurosport, don't they? Most of the time.
3: There's an advantage. Yes, there is. <laughs> there's an advantage to, uh, to, to clinching a title in Argentina, though, Greg, and there's a disadvantage.
1: Oh, you've got to get a long flight back. Oh my god, with jet lag and, you, and and hungover if, and oh if, yeah. If
3: anybody's been fortunate enough to do a bit of travelling in their in their life, and they've been on a flight over the six hour mark,
1: hopefully they've got any sense. They've booked the flight for Tuesday, Tuesday. or Wednesday or absolutely. something like that. They stay on for a holiday absolutely. Because I mean, sort of five oh weeks to Indonesia, so
3: a boarding a flight hungover, knowing it's more than six hours, is a torturous event. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you've done it more than once.
3: Yes, I am. Can you just I give have. us a bit
1: of insight? It's, were you particularly ill on the flight? I was miserable. Was there any turbulence? Oh. Did you sleep or I, I, it's just miserable? You block out, you know. You
3: literally block out. You know, you've got your head on your little your little tray that falls down, yeah. and you're trying to make that into the softest pillar that you've ever never, you've ever known in your were life. Were
1: you in um, economy class or business? Out of interest or a bit of both across your career, I guess. All right, I was laid down in the bed. In there, yeah, there you go, you talk tray table laid like down. I thought, I've got to put you on the spot there, because I knew all of you were wondering that back at home, and I certainly was as well. Yeah, I was laid down. I'm a, I'm a lay-out bed. They just put, I just put my pyjamas on. Just they, just made, with it, will you? they just made the bed for me. I just finished my caviar. <laughs> <laughs> You're world champion. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> you probably did deserve business class, to be honest. But I bet it didn't make it any nicer. Thank <laughs> you. Anyway, let, let's get. <laughs> Don't call me out. Come on. Sorry, James. Let's get into some. Actually, I'm not sorry at all. Um, <laughs> let's get into some more interviews because our man, Tristan Fanocchiaro, uh, has been over at Brands, of course, commentating on some of the support classes. Uh, we had uh, an incredible finale for Junior Superstock, Junior Super Sport. We'll come to those riders in a moment. But uh, actually, Tristan, who have you got first?
0: thanks Greg you here with uh, proud dad Neil McKenzie uh, good day for the McKenzie family
4: yeah I guess yeah it's over thankfully I think the first emotion is relief just been as it's been getting closer through the showdown and Taz has been getting stronger and stronger but he didn't have a massive cushion so uh, I've been functioning on adrenaline for the last two or three weeks but thankfully it's over I mean he never really tells me what the plan is um, he was out there obviously trying to win he knew if he could win the second race it was job done he didn't want to take Get to race three it was a bit nip and tuck uh, and it turned out to be an epic last lap with him and him and Tommy passing each other numerous times over the, the closing laps and then managing to get the job done but spectacular but I will it'll be a few days before it sinks in but yeah chuffed a bit so he's put so much work into it he's been so calm he's, he's driven the team we being relaxed and calm and everyone else has uh, been quite tense um, but anyway it's over now, he's done, done the job, and uh, it's a massive piece of history for the McKenzie family.
0: Yeah, it's an incredible story as well, obviously, you know, 25, uh, 25th anniversary of BSB this year, you won it 25 years ago, and, uh, and now, it's, uh, now it's Taz's turn.
4: Yeah, I, I was obviously aware it was 25 years, but the the whole thing of him winning it and me winning it all these years ago didn't really hit me till this weekend, and then along with the, the TV coverage, you can see I, I was involved in that and it was building up and, and I realised just how special it was so I'm terrible for not tempting fate, I tried hard not to think about it, I, I knew it was going to be a fairy tale if it, if it all came together but it just shows you if you dare to dream things can happen, Taz definitely was dreaming about it, uh, not the 25 years thing but just, just winning the championship and everything that goes with it, um, I know he's been thinking about that for a long time and it, it just proves that yeah, he visualised it and made it happen, massive uh, Massive achievement,
0: massive congratulations! Uh, what's next for Taz? If you can, if you can say. Well, yeah, the
4: the Taz wants to go to World Superbike. There's one option with the Go Eleven team, but that involves uh, organising some finance to come with them, which is not not uh, ideal. Um, and that's it, really. I mean, he really wants. He thinks like he wants to keep pushing on and go to the next level. That is the one opportunity that's there. Great team. Uh, if we can find a way to fund that then then hopefully he's there he's obviously got an option with Yamaha in, in the uk but that won't be there forever so next next week hopefully we'll we'll know what we're doing so but but well, he's ready he's in a great place with his, his riding and his career and and hopefully opportunities uh, unfold yeah well, best of luck to, to Taron in the future and uh, thanks a lot for that right cheers thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Tristan. Well, Neil McKenzie, yeah, very emotional. We were watching some of the footage from here, weren't we, James? Neil in tears, and he tried so hard to fight them back, and then the floodgates opened, Ah. and uh, they're they're the first... Of course, they they bookend, don't they? The the quarter century of modern BSB is the first father-son champions. Yeah, lad and
3: dad champ. Yeah. And he did the triple back in uh, what was it ninety six seven no ninety uh, six seven no seven yeah, eight nine
1: keep going keep going no, seven eight, eight nine. nine
3: no first time six seven eight yep ah, that's it sorry now six seven <laughs> eight and then uh, obviously Taz doing the triple at Brands yeah. wow to, to, wow you know yeah be... that's lovely as well isn't it yeah. three
1: titles for Neil and then three wins for Taz title
3: the double triple for the Mackenzies mm. uh, yeah it's it's just a lovely story because oh you know when you when you're in the paddock it's it is a, a bit of a gypsy lifestyle. Everybody in that paddock, it's a way of life. It's not just an event at weekends that we all enjoy watching on TV. You can't, you can't, I can't underestimate and can't explain enough how, how what happens in between the races as well how much work goes in how much dedication how much time and effort that everybody puts in all the organisation all the production you can imagine all the bikes and the tools and everything else that needs to get shipped around the world a lot
1: of miles on motorways you know in the British Paddock in particular of course it's all in one country I mean there might be in time we've had Mondello of course Aston every now and again but mostly all on Scotland and uh, and England up and down motorways there's a lot of time on the road away from family it is a paddock life and they've they've
3: dedicated their life and fair play to Nalmke because you know he knows the he knows the downsides to motorcycle racing as well you know we've we've seen this year with the tragic losses of the three teenagers this year it's been absolutely awful and to have two sons and now mckenzie would have had a, a, a period of time where he would have had a year where uh, there were there were losses and i can't imagine because i'm not lucky enough to have children yet but i can't imagine what it must be like to then get your kids involved in the sport that you love and so much but know the risks so much mm. and to have all that burden on your shoulders that you've been the one that's introduced your children to it and then they love it so much as much as you did they want to do it professionally and then race at over 200 miles an hour on a superbike like tyron and taylor do i think that's why you're seeing the emotion in nal and his and his mum's uh, uh eyes and the tears that have been flowing down his his face is uh is is the relief the relief that actually um it was it was worth getting him involved in a way um but yeah. it's uh it must be it must be turmoil for for, for parents as uh, emotions, uh, seeing their kids flying around, especially like an ex-racer, like now mckenzie like Ron Haslam with Leon, knowing the risks exactly, knowing the risks.
1: Well, we also had the National Superstock title won at Brands Hatch, and uh, Billy McConnell did all he could do by winning the race, but it was Tom Neve who secured the 2021 title. Congratulations, Tom Neve! And while we talk about actually uh, Junior Superstock, let's go back to Tristan.
0: Yeah, thanks, Greg, here with uh, Taylor McKenzie. Taylor, your final race
5: in uh, ever. Um, Emotional one. Yeah, it was a frustrating way to end, but I was chuffed to lead a lot of laps. Um and I think after to Park everything or well, anything was going to be an anti-climax after that so uh, really nice to start from pole position um, I think watching Taz beforehand probably took my eye off the ball a bit I wasn't expecting him to win the championship then um, but no I'm all in one piece I can uh, leave the gate tomorrow with uh, my head held high and not too many broken bones and injuries
0: So uh, what, what's next for you then your dad tells me you've got a couple of, a couple of op- options in a
5: couple of other areas Yeah I don't, I don't really know what i to do to be honest but um i mean this time of year is quiet for bike races anyway i n- normally have november and december off so just going to take a bit of time obviously enjoy taz's championship um win with him and yeah i don't know i'll still be about the paddocks as uh, i'll probably just carry on winging it like i have for the last 15 years i'll wing it somewhere else yeah well i can imagine it's a massive decision so uh, well best of luck for the future mate and
0: thanks a lot for talking to us thanks very much cheers
1: thank you yeah wing it somewhere else taylor mckenzie there um, yeah, I wonder what he will be doing next year because I guess if Taz is in World Superbikes, the smart money seems to be on Go 11 switching to Yamaha, although I've also heard Caracasulo linked with that team this weekend, possibly on a Ducati. So let's see what happens there. But whatever Taz is on and whichever team it is, James, if he's in World Supers, you would imagine Taylor will be potentially going around the world with him as his right-hand man he does a lot of stuff on youtube he's done some tv commentary here with us at eurosport and world endurance taylor is going to be around you know from a media side from a pr side i think for many a year to come isn't
3: he that'd be nice because also i take a little bit of pressure off Nile as well his dad to you know once you mm. it's like um, troy baylis's son he's coming through the ranks as well um, you know, can you imagine like, having to up, up ship again and then, you know, go from Australia to start again the championships in Europe? The Australians and the Americans and everybody further afield, they can't nip back and forth. You know, if if now McKenzie wants to kind of follow Taz around, he can and get back home pretty frequently when it comes to a World Superbike Championship. But if uh, if Taylor kind of retires and is his right hand, uh, right hand man that maybe be take a little bit of pressure off, off, off their dad to, um, to let them kind of go and do their thing. And it'd be lovely, wouldn't it, to have your brother. Uh, as long as uh, Taylor's going to be okay um, just supporting his brother and not doing it anymore, because it's difficult to go back to civilization after being a racer. So to go back to civilization that he's, he's going to do now and then just be at the side of his brother still doing what he loves doing at world level... It's not gonna be an easy uh, journey but uh, the, the the love that they've got for each other is, is apparent as you can see on tv so um i hope that uh, taz does get rewarded for being a british superbike champion come here in world superbikes we've seen with scott Redding, that usually works out we've seen with troy bayliss we've seen with neil hodgson alex lowes alex lowes the british superbike champions usually do pretty well at this level so i'm looking forward to seeing him here and hopefully he can get a ride with
1: yeah, and certainly for a rider who used to race in uh, the BSB paddock who went on to win six World temperatures, Jonathan Rain, can he make it seven, I wonder, in five weeks' time? But let's just wrap up our BSB coverage, first of all. Tristan's been really pissy grabbing interviews at uh, Brands Hatch. Back to you.
0: So, here with uh, Jack Nixon. Jack, going into the weekend, it was, I think, 13 points between it. Had a technical problem yesterday, and it was all square today. So, it was just whoever went out there and and beat. It was between you and Talbot. Whoever beat, came out in front, uh, came out with the championship. What was your thoughts going into it?
6: Well, my thoughts are obviously, um, I knew what I had to do. It made it it simple. Um, Whereas yesterday, I was just trying to be smart and obviously had the engine issue, which is a shame. But definitely made it a bit harder for me joe's been really consistent all year so um i knew he would always be there and i just knew i had to reel off my own laps i knew i had good pace in the dry so just stay focused and um to be honest i wasn't expecting him to come through on the second to last lap there so it gave me a bit of a fright but now just i really dug deep on that last on that last lap and uh, managed to get the job done so I, I couldn't be happier
0: i mean just tell us a little bit about what happened overnight because obviously you know your, your engine wasn't in a good state last night you had to put a new one in overnight just talk us through what happened
6: well, um, the actual engine uh, did a big end, and uh, my my dad's Keith uh, all my mechanics, the team um, did a really good job to get it. We get it done quickly. We got it running on the dyno this morning, so. Um a stressful afternoon to say the least but um, massive thanks to them um, for getting it sorted because without them I wouldn't be here right now I wouldn't wouldn't be the champion so I've got to give it up to them they've been so good all year and um, always doing things for me and uh, never really put a foot wrong so yeah thank you to them
0: Massive congratulations mate what's next?
6: Thank you and um, not entirely sure yet Um, we have a few options on the table Um, just have to evaluate things over the next few weeks look at what the best route is for me and uh, we'll go from there so you'll see me back in the paddock just not sure, yeah, where, yeah. Perfect. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks. Back to you, Greg.
1: Yeah, well done. That was the uh, National Junior Superstock title then for Jack Nixon. And we were watching that, weren't we, James, here in our commentary box on Saturday when that engine blew for Nixon. You thought, oh, it could all be over. And the race uh, on Sunday, today as we record this still, is Sunday, of course, Joe Talbot and Nixon were equal on points. They've, I apparently have heard they've not really been on speaking terms after they had a couple of coming togethers at... Uh, uh, Alton Park and that was on a knife edge wasn't it but great season for Nixon he's shown great maturity the way he's been able to pick through where do you think someone like a Jack Nixon would aim to go now then he's won the junior super stock title so I, so I guess it's up to national Superstock, isn't it formerly known as stock thousand that would seem like the logical move
3: yeah yeah that's that's the that's normally the, the route through unless you show real promise where you get uh, um maybe a super sport but your super sport or world super sport sometimes you can move up if you if you've got that kind of uh, potential there Superbikes is a bit too much for jump obviously with his age and his experience and all the rest of it but uh, yeah it's a super stock thousand why not let's get him used to the bigger bikes and uh and on to uh, the elite class in british Superbike.
1: Right, back to Tristan for one last time. Let's see who he's got this time. So, we uh, here with Cam Dawson.
6: Cam, champion, how's it feel? Uh, kind of unrealistic. Like, I wasn't expecting to win it that way with crashing out and then coming back, nerves through the roof, knowing that I could have still won it, and uh, was told to come up the pit lane, and it was well worth it.
0: I've got uh, Ash Barnes here as well, uh, second in the championship, uh, just about missed out. If you finished the top two in that one, you uh, could have gone down to the wire in, uh, in race two, but uh, a good year for you.
5: Yeah, that's it. I see Cam go down in the first race, and then uh, it was a bit chaotic from there on, and um, I just tried to keep my head in that, that, sec- uh, that restart because, obviously, the conditions were sketchy, but I did all I could, and uh, now I'm really happy to finish second. Sweet.
0: And uh, Cam as well watching on the sidelines. What was that like? So surely you would have preferred to be to to
6: have that feeling whilst whilst on the bike. I would have rather to ride. To be fair, I wasn't as nervous whenever I was riding. Just went down the pit lane, watched the TV, and uh, yeah, from there it was just watched the very end.
1: Thanks a lot again, Tris, for that. Really appreciate it. And nice listening to you and Barry Nutley and you and Neil as well in commentary over the season. There's been some dramatic racing there in the support categories at BSB. Yeah, Cameron Dawson there and Ash Barnes, first and second this year in the junior super sport class. And James, uh, so lucky that the, there wasn't a really nasty outcome that multiple crash we saw down at uh, Hawthorn's um, earlier in the weekend. But Cameron Dawson coming through to win that title. Let's see whether he stays in the BSB paddock or goes up to World Supersport 300. There is quite a big jump, though, isn't there, at the moment? I think it's fair to say between British Junior Supersport and World Supersport 300, because that's where you're joined by a load of fast Spaniards, Italians and all sorts of other riders. Quite a difference, as it should be, of course. It's the World Championship, but never easy to make that jump, I think it's fair to say.
3: No, from National Championship to World Championship it's uh, it, it is quite a jump because most of the kind of european riders especially the spanish italian that they've joined that kind of like the spanish championships which cover about half a dozen circuits of the international uh, world world championships itself. And as a British rider, all you're doing is one or two, Donington or Silverstone, you know, so you're not, you're not really learning all of that information. And that's a massive disadvantage. When you go to a track that you don't know, unless you're Scott Redding, (laughs) um, it's pretty difficult to be competitive, the best in the world. Uh, But you know, especially with the age as well, you know, they haven't been able to get to that experience uh, and, uh, uh, and also the riding against uh, uh, those riders. But to progress, you need to go there as early as you can. So, you know, to be the best, you've got to ride against the best and with the best to see what they're doing so you can learn and, and progress in your career.
1: Well, we mentioned all the other champions uh, in uh, the previous podcast when Tristan and I went through all the classes so far. But the other one to be decided at BSB this weekend, of course, was British Supersport. Jack Kennedy coming through to do the honours once again. Many, many congratulations to Jack Kennedy and the team there. Uh, a dramatic conclusion once again. OK, now then we move on to World Superbike. Another <laughs> barnstorming race this afternoon. Race 2. How hard, how amazing is Jonathan Ray as a rider and Toprek The Two of the best riders ever in world superbike history. And we are so fortunate to see them on track at the same time. I wouldn't even say Toprek's at the peak of his career yet, but Jonathan Ray certainly is. They just get better, don't
3: they? It's incredible yeah all, all three of them on the three different manufacturers three different uh um you know nationalities as such obviously with northern Ireland uh, yeah. and uh, the englishman of scott riding the yeah. turkish rider of, of top rack um <laughs> and and the amount that, that they're pushing on here with 28 podiums with the uh, jonathan ray and top rack out of what do you say 34 races or something?
1: 35 35 races yeah I mean, so they've only missed ray and top rack have only missed the podium each of them in seven races, races that, so that is far. incredible yeah
3: the, and Let's just remember how hard they're pushing. Uh, And three of those for top rack weren't even his fault. Let's just just remind ourselves what he had. He said,
1: Catalunya the the alternator, Mudguard at Baltimore, Gerloff hit him in Assen. And then obviously race had his crashes, hasn't he? But even so, I mean, it's incredible. It is the consistency at that
3: level, pushing at that level, just really showcases what skill that they have. And we've enjoyed watching. I've I've i been absolutely exhausted from 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 just doing the comms on the races. So God knows <laughs> it what it's quite, like. Uh,
1: it is quite exhausting, isn't it? Sometimes yeah,
3: been on the bike, but yeah, Jonathan, Ray, Top Rack and uh, and and Scott. This year, they've re- put a real show on for us, and it's you know we've uh, we've it's just been outstanding.
1: Well, the best reactions are often the initial reactions in Park Ferme, and all three of them caught up with uh, Anthony, the Lord Nelson in Park Ferme at the end of race two. Earlier on today, let's listen into to the championship top three. Top rack, it's not the treble that you were
0: looking for, but what a battle that was out with those two guys
2: there. I am again very close to triple but uh, I try my best in the race, and last three laps, I, I, I'm my... You know, I try every lap, but I'm feeling the limit. And also I try for second position, but after I say, okay, today, third position. And uh, I say also this morning, uh, a not easy second race, because everybody is very stronger. And, but I am happy. I'm a game podium, and see you in Indonesia. Thank you very much. Thanks, Toprak.
0: Jonathan, another brilliant battle out there between you three guys, and most importantly, finishing ahead of Toprak here race two.
1: Yeah, honestly, the the position doesn't really matter so much today. For me, it was more about the feeling on the bike, and I want to thank my team so much, especially Perry, because he never gave up investigating my problems. And this weekend in this race, we find something good. You know, I could feel from the from the outlab, I had a bike to fight with today, and um, yeah, thanks to all the team. We won't give up. Keep working really, really hard. And I enjoyed the race. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed being here in Argentina. Thank you to all the fans that came out. It's um, it's really, really nice. And thanks to that guy for the fresh beer back there. I'll enjoy another one later. <laughs> thanks, Ellie.
0: Scott, brilliant win here in race two. And we saw the moment you hit the front there, your pace was just unmatchable there.
1: Yeah, the thing is, I didn't feel that great. And in the beginning, there was a lot of fighting. And then Bassani come past and I was like, oh, I don't want to go back more. I tried to come back. Got quite aggressive, you know, I showed, I'll show my aggressive side if this what it needs to be. Got to the front, and then I gave it all back. And I was like, Scott, stay calm, relax, you got the pace. Um, then I started to get the rhythm again, I saw they was fighting, and I got to the front again, and then I didn't make a mistake. Um, and I knew once I got through the first two sectors, I was uh, safe with my pace, and then I just got a really good rhythm, corner after corner, um, and that was it. The rest was history. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Obviously, the unfortunate thing is Reading's out of the running now, isn't it? He? he cannot win it at the final round. Coming yeah. into this weekend, we were thinking, is he going to get back in the mix? Because it could easily have happened. But that crash at Turn 1 on Saturday blew it, didn't it? Well, he missed out by five points, didn't he? Because obviously yeah, 62 yeah.
3: points over. He's 66, so he missed out by five points. And yes. that, that crash definitely cost him going to Indonesia with a mathematical chance of winning the Super Bowl championship again. Mm. So. but um you know,
1: so we're not going to have a number one on a BMW next year. We're in not going to have a
3: number one on a BMW, that's for sure. We could, well, that's, that's definitely confirmed. And I can't see, I can't see, even if it was Jonathan Ray or Scott Redding or Top Ray, I can't see any th- three of them losing 30 points to each other. So I can't see Top Ray. Really? Like, no. even,
1: despite the season we've had and yeah, some I can't, of the twists.
3: I, I can't, and if I was to put my money on who definitely wouldn't lose 30 points this year, it would be Top Rag.
1: Even more than Jonathan Ray. Who's made the lace mistakes? This Very year? true. Although, what about reliability? I'm not trying to put the mockers on here. I'm just oh having God. a bit of fun I of mean, playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I but mean, you can't. I mean, no, I, yeah, I can... You pre- can't assume I, it's going to break down. I
3: can I can have an opinion on, on yeah. what I think of the performance of the riders as yeah. an ex-racer, but uh, it's impossible and nobody wants it to be decided on a mechanical.
1: Uh, what else do we need to talk about? There was... The, yeah, Scott Redding um, said to the Eurosport guys, and we discussed it a bit in the commentary, didn't we, the possibility that there may have been some sort of electronic problem, track control dropped out, something like that at turn one to cause that crash. Now, I I said in the commentary, it looked to me as though he'd made a mistake. So if there was a problem, apologies, Scott, for me, certainly, and Tuji Catty, I don't know. what It was a tricky one. It did sound like when he put the throttle on, it went round, didn't it? But Mm. could that be a rider error? Or I mean, it's difficult to uh, tell. I mean, surely it could be.
3: Yeah, of course it can be a rider error absolutely but um if, if there was a glitch on the uh, on the electronics there for the traction control that's uh that's, very, a, that's a very huge costly
1: thing. one if that's the case.
3: you do get launch control on the bikes you know with mm. the holes the revs to the like the maximum torque as you start and uh, as has he gone because it's only a short distance from the start line to the start uh, to the first corner you probably only get to second before you coming back to first um and, uh, so as, as as something not engaged with the traction control with uh, after the start procedure that uh, that could be a possibility but uh, yeah, because
1: on the line if, if the traction control had malfunctioned in any way James that would have affected the start big time wouldn't it surely
3: yeah but there's no traction control engaged on a start procedure no it's the more so. launch control isn't it so is
1: there any chance yeah. he, he may have switched it off or it had gone off for any reason and it, no, not, uh, no? That, that, okay. the, pro-
3: the problem is Unless I was literally Talking to his Electronics engineer yeah, To get confirmation We won't yeah. know But uh, you know um, I think definitely uh, uh, um, Jonathan Ray under, uh, Underneath him On the inside mm. um, John, uh, Scott definitely Kind of like Let off the brakes To make sure He was in the lead Of Jonathan Going into turn one He was a little bit Wider than, than Usual um, So And we saw How badly it, The grip was Off the line With that sandstorm On Thursday So obviously Without Amount of lean angle, the first lap of the race, the first corner, the tire temperature not being um, at its uh, maximum where you, uh, you need it to be. um All of these factors, if there was a glitch on the traction control, the worst kind of like a uh, combination of things to go wrong.
1: uh It was great though, wasn't it, to see how happy Scott was. That was one of his best wins so far, I think, and certainly the happiest I think we've seen him in any World Superbike celebration so far. It was really nice how he threw his boots into the crowd, I thought. Uh, there was a bit of an argument, wasn't there, between two members of the general public who were fighting over mm. the first booty he threw into there. So hopefully they've not ripped it in half. Mm. Um, and hopefully the fight's not still going on. The last thing we need is blind, ugly violence to quote Partridge again. But... Um, <laughs> but... I can't remember what I was going to say now. Oh, I'm not surprised. I... <laughs> uh, that I'm was looking really forward nice. to what's coming though. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Farmers, farmers <laughs> to continue quoting him. Anyway, n- enough of Partridge. Um... <laughs> what was I going to say? No, uh, yeah. Yeah, the performance oh,
3: from him and, and that race, the best remembered. one of the, of the season. Yeah, I remember and what I was going to say. I gonna, yeah. <laughs>
1: sorry, I was going to go back to Friday afternoon and Jonathan Ray, ah. that's proven to be a really costly mistake this weekend, hasn't it? And yes. Jonathan knows it. Obviously, he said it himself.
3: Yeah, you can't give those two boys, I'm, and I'm talking about Top Rack and Scott, you can't give those two boys any advantages whatsoever. And when he crashed early doors in that session and he missed that... Uh, those those laps to get that data to get that information for then perariba to then put the changes to the bike to allow it to do a certain pace on the track yeah he did he didn't allow him to do that until race two yeah because of that uh that, that incident if he'd have done those laps got the data he might have been able to get that setting find that setting for race one in the sprint race but um that's that you know that's how
1: it is quick shout out to jeffrey bouse he, he floated his way there really with some of the problems ahead of him but um Scored a point in the end in that second race as the former 300 world champion. Shout out to Mikado who scored a point in the last Superbike race to the delight of the crowd. Uh, James, we can't talk about everyone, obviously, but just two quick questions now about mentality before we sign off. Uh, Jason O'Halloran, first of all, how's Jason going to be feeling now? It's It must be tremendous disappointment. It doesn't feel as fantastic as it is for Taron McKenzie and he's done everything right. It's also cruel luck, whatever you want to call it misfortune for jason after the season he's had to have not won the championship and he didn't even get second he ended up third
3: yeah i remember in 2004 it was a rare occasion where i was in a team where both the riders in the team were going for the championship at the last race and when one is victorious and one isn't mm. um the, the the team and everybody has to be respectful of the disappointment of the other side of the garage yeah. and i'm sure that's what the the yamaha squad and the mccanns uh, um Yamaha squad are doing this evening. They're congratulating Taz as much as they can, but also, uh, um, you know, they've been, they're uh, consoling kind of Jason because of, and also congratulations, Jay Jason, what a season he put together, you know, uh, unfortunately the last three, four didn't kind of work out, uh, but that, you know, but it, it didn't, it wasn't such a disaster where in an, you know, in a season in world Superbikes, it wouldn't have cost him the championship, but, uh, but that's how the, the rules are, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the last few races in British Superbike are as, as they are with the rules, and you've got to come up with the, the goods in those last three, and that's what Taran did. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, if Taz comes to Will Superbikes, then that's one out of the way for Jason to have a better chance for next year to, uh, to, to clinch in that title, though.
1: Yeah, and well done to Steve Rogers as well and everybody at uh, McCam Jamaha, just to reiterate that, because they certainly have been the team of the season, there's no doubt about that. Final question then, James Top rack. What's his mentality now? He's just turned 25 and happy birthday again to Toprak and Locatelli, born on the same day of the same year in October 96. He's turned 25. He's leading the championship by 30 points. He's got a five-week wait now to go to a track that no one's visited before. It's brand new. It's yet to be raced on. What must he be thinking now? What must his mentality be at this point in history? You've been in that scenario where you're so close to your first world title. How does that feel?
3: I didn't have as many points as that. I wish I did going into the <laughs> yeah. last race. So it was a bit more nerve wracking, I think for me than it would be for him. Um, when you look at the hard facts mathematically to lose 30 points against those guys the only unknown is like you say it's a brand new circuit yeah. so let's not forget the performance of bassani this weekend mm. and also the the capabilities and the potential of the Rinaldi's and your Van der Marks. and,
1: and grollof have a strong in you, you know, know the, locatelli
3: the, locatelli yeah exactly there's every chance that those can be amongst
1: it can so, Honda do something special on a track where yeah, no yeah, one has knows? any data? You know? Who
3: knows? Absolutely. Who knows? Um, so it's because of that, um, there is a chance that there's a few more guys that can beat you at that particular track. Because if they were going to a familiar track, top rack, there isn't more than three or four guys capable of beating him in this form, Right. which means it's pretty much impossible, unless he makes a mistake or has a mechanical, to lose those 30 points. mm But he will be a bit more nervous because of the unknowns. The biggest advantage that elite sports people have against other people is knowledge and experience.
1: But nobody has any of it.
3: Yeah. That's why it's going to be interesting. And that's why he will be a bit more nervous. But still, I'd rather go with a 30-point lead than not.
1: Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, I don't like to say this, but even if it did go wrong in the first race and Ray wins, Toprak still leaves the championship, doesn't he? And that's a nice situation to be in. What does Johnny have to do then? Just go out, win all three races and hope Toprak suffers misfortune? What more can he do?
3: Well, he can't afford just to finish in front of him, that's for sure. No, he because... can't
1: because what it would be five, it's five points difference times two for two races That's 10 plus three, 12. that's 13 in total, yep. isn't it? So it would only, yeah. He... Nowhere near no, it so, wouldn't, it would be, what, 2017 it would be, wouldn't it? But if
3: Jonathan Ray wins all the races, um, mm. what that will do is mean that Jonathan Ray's in front of him yeah. and putting the pressure on him every single corner, yeah. every single lap. yeah. And if Jonathan Ray gets a good setting on that Kawasaki and it suits that track, when Jonathan Ray rides to the best he can ride and if that Kawasaki works, it ain't going to be easy to keep up with it. And if it ain't going to be easy to keep up with it, there's every chance that there can be a mistake made.
1: going to be incredible, isn't it? Well, have a think about that for the next four weeks because we've got four weeks off now. We'll be back with a special preview to Indonesia. We hope it's going to be Indonesia. There's all sorts of uh, talk about Valencia as well, but let's say Indonesia for now. Let's just hope we get a final round. That's the main thing. But let's say Indonesia for now. We'll be back with a special preview podcast for that one on Monday the 15th of November and then one more at the end of the Indonesia weekend with either yourself, James, or or James Whittam. We still don't quite know for sure what the punnies do. I don't know whether you'll be alongside us in the commentary box here, or whether it'll be wit. I don't know whether you'll be in the London clash. studio. It... it doesn't
3: clash. I was only I was only kind of scheduled to do the ones that clashed mm. with British Superbike not starting until June. There's yeah. a hell of a lot that clash with World Superbikes and British Superbike, so it's it's been a pleasure to uh, to to be, uh, and I want to thank Eurosport and Discovery for for giving me this opportunity with you, Greg. I've massively enjoyed it with you sat here, and uh, you know I I would be watching motorcycle World Superbikes at home or wherever at my friends and uh, <laughs> and enjoying it anyway. So to come down here and have the chance to uh, to to commentate on it it's been a real pleasure and i've, I've I, like i say, i've really enjoyed it
1: james i'm sure we'll hear from you in that podcast preview to indonesia in four weeks time but yeah thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure uh, there's been a few good laughs along the way some uh, you, your humor by the way you really do bring something to the production <laughs> well, <laughs> just as james hey, whittem does of when course when you get
3: jack and vera sh- <laughs> in. Then, if that doesn't make you laugh
1: <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> does <laughs> exactly and on that bombshell <laughs> du, 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 du. We'll can speak. we have the cat wandering across the fence <laughs> yeah exactly oh you, cat. you you watch as well do you from weatherfield <laughs> <laughs> it's goodbye for now i will speak to you in four weeks and james thanks again
2: yes
6: tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts